Thank you, Andy. We did uh, just get back from Papua New Guinea <clears throat> in July. And um, uh, when Holly and I first get back from being over there and we um, are in church and we worship together with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, um, we look like bumbling idiots because we uh, cry through the worship service. <laughs> it's just, it's good to be back um, uh, worshiping the Lord in English, in our own uh, heart language. And so um, I think we're past that, babe, now, right? It's uh, now February. But anyway, uh, thank you, worship team. And uh, we're very, very excited to be here. We have not been here in uh, probably eight or nine years. Um, you probably don't recognize me because eight or nine years ago, I dressed up as a tribal guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyway, that was the last time we were here. But we're very, very excited to be here uh, this morning. Do I have... Uh, show you the family. Every proud dad's got to show the kids, right? Um, Allie and uh, Brant. We were talking to Liberty l last week, and I went, I said to the Liberty kids, um, we just booted Allie and Brant out of the nest, and they all laughed. I was like, that's, that's a good thing, right? Why are you laughing? Um, but Allie and Brant are out of the nest, and Bryce and Brock are with us here. Um, so yeah, that's fun um, to be able to travel with, with Bryce and Brock, some of our, our boys. Um, the other thing that I want to say thank you, that, like, so we get to go around to churches and schools and universities and, and all kinds of places to share. But my favorite place to share is those that are partnering with us. And you guys have been partnering with us for the last 10 or 12 years. So we want to say thank you as we share this morning. Some of you maybe have heard it before. Um, some of you have not. But thank you so very much um, for partnering with us. That is um, not a small thing. That's a big thing, and we're very, very grateful for it. And so the things you hear this morning on things that happen in Papua New Guinea, um, we were your hands and feet. We are your hands and feet as we do that work. So um, thanks so much for partnering with us. I'll try to dial down my enthusiasm, but I get excited when we talk about the church, the local church, the universal church, the body of Christ. This morning we're going to talk about the bride of Christ. But um, it's funny because when Holly and I first went to the mission field, uh, I graduated with my teaching degree, and um, so we went over as teachers in 1997. But then, um, then we're like, wow, this is, this is great stuff, but um, I really think that uh, God has us like move into the village and be uh, church planters out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so God, uh, it's funny because um, I met Holly in Papua New Guinea. She was a missionary kid, and uh, I was all for going to the village, and she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, hey, um, like, I know what that's all about, and I'm not ready to do that yet. But anyway, long story short, God worked in her heart. And so um, in 2001, we moved into that village right there, um, Mariama. And um, the interesting thing about that, we're going to talk about the nations this morning, but the interesting thing about this is, I don't know if you know this or not, but there are 2,000 language groups in the world today that do not know who God is and will not know who God is unless one of us who knows who God is goes and tells them. That's a sobering fact to me. Um, and in 1989, this tribe, this uh, village group of about 1,500 people started uh, asking for missionaries. And so the fun thing is um, we got to move in there in 2001, build our houses in there, and then 2002 you start learning that language in Mariama. I don't know if you know this or not either, but learning a tribal language, like there's one lady came up and asked me, not in this church, another spot, said, hey, so did you study the Rosetta Stone before you went over? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I, communication didn't happen there because, I mean, 
This is the, they don't, it's not a written language. Like you have to go and you have to sit down with them. It took me four years to learn this, this language. Um, so we studied the language and culture from 2002 um, for the next uh, quite a few years. And um, it was, I mean, God used it in my, in my heart and in my life. That was the hardest four years of my life. I'm not a, I mean, I did graduate from college, but I'm not a school person. I'm not a person that you sit down in a chair and say, okay, do this. I mean, sports kept me in school anyway, right? And so um, God, I guess God thought it was funny that he took me all the way to Papua New Guinea and said, no, 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 you're going to use your brain, you're going to use your mouth because I want to get the glory. Because when you learn this language and your wife learns this language and you guys all learn this culture, your coworkers learn this culture, you're going to start teaching them the Word of God and I'm going to get the glory. And I'm glad that the cool people are sitting right up front here this morning because it was when I was a junior in high school. Junior in high school when God put in my mind, it wasn't me, God put in my mind, hey listen, Mark, I want to tell you something. There are people in this world that don't have the Word of God in their own language. And I know you don't know about that yet, but um, I'm going to take you in baby steps and, um, and take you over to Papua New Guinea. And that's what he did. Um, so 2002, we got in there, learned the language and culture. Uh, very, very difficult. But the cool thing happened was when we got to um, know their language well enough to put an alphabet. We used 19 characters and put an alphabet to that language, and then we got to teach those guys in the middle of nowhere. Teach these guys here. That's the, uh, like, what was that? Maybe an 8,000 feet shot. This is our lake. That crocodile out on the, on the uh, table came from this lake. Um, and so that's where, that's where we lived. But um, exciting, exciting days because then we got to teach them their own, how to read and write their own language. Now, why would we do that? Why would I bang my head against the wall for four years? Why would we teach these people how to read and write their own language? Like, I mean, if we listen to the world, like, oh yeah, they're happy the way they are. Well, they didn't know who God was. They didn't have the Word of God in their own language. And so we were very, very excited to, the, to get to that day when we got to teach them. We, had, we got to... We got to translate the Word of God. I'm, I'm not smart enough to translate the Word of God, but my coworker is. God's cool with that too. He puts you with the right people. And um, my coworker translated the New Testament and Genesis and Exodus. But to get to that time, and then we started writing, uh, writing lessons. And some of them could read and write a little bit in their own language. And we started writing, writing lessons in their language. And the reason we studied their culture is because we had to be able to know what they're thinking. We had to know how they thought and the things that we um, shared in the Word of God. And so it was a great day um, when we got to stand in front of them and teach them God's Word. Um, yeah, that, uh, that was a few years ago when we first moved in there. Uh, a lot of people said, so you're going to Papua New Guinea. Um, if you don't know, Papua New Guinea is just north of Australia, about five degrees south of the equator. And they would say, oh, you're going halfway around the world. Are you taking your kids? Uh, <laughs> what else are we going to do with our kids? Um, no, we're going to leave them in America with you. Yes, we're taking our kids. And uh, so it was great to get in there. Um, look at this guy. His name is Raphael. I'm shaking hands. This is the first contact we had with him. Um, back in February 2001, and I'm, I'm shaking Raphael's hand. I'm going to tell you about Raphael in a, in, a, in a little bit. But how amazing to be able to, um, to live with them, to live in their, in their uh, village for 14 years. Get to know them. Like, 
eat their food, hunt with them, do all kinds of stuff with them, and then get, gain the trust from them so that we could um, sit down with them and teach them God's Word. Um, we first built the teaching house. They built the teaching house in 2008, January of 2008, and we thought, oh boy, are they, are they going to come? Like, who's going to come? So that first teaching time we had in 2008, um, January, the whole village came. Every person in the village, 255 people, came and filled the teaching house. And, um, and so we taught every uh, Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and then Thursday afternoon they went off into the jungle and collected their food for the next week. And so we did that for eight weeks. So fun. Like, and, the, and the interesting thing too, we studied their culture enough to know that we can't start in John 3.16. If we start in John 3.16 with these guys, for God, who's God? So love the world. What's the world? Like in their world, the world is just about 10 miles around them. Like they walk 10 miles this way to hunt pigs. They walk 10 miles this way to hunt pigs. They walk 10 miles this way to um, cut down a tree and carve out a canoe out of, out of the jungle. That's what their world is. For God to love the world. Lo- and what about love? Like, they don't have a word for love in our language. Like, they don't know what love is. And you say, well, they love their wife. Um, <laughs> if you would have seen their culture 10 years ago, you'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of love going on there. For God so loved the world that, that we couldn't start there. But the cool thing is we got to start in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. We got to paint a picture for them on who God is. I mean, all the Old Testament stories about how God pursues man, even in, in uh, the creation story in Adam and Eve, and how big God is, how almighty, we're going to talk about that this morning, how almighty God is. We got to talk about that uh, in the beginning. Just paint a picture of who God is and open their worldview on who God is, how God pursues man. Even in, in uh, Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they fell, and they covered themselves up with leaves, well, they, they sinned and then they ran to God and said, oh, sorry, we messed up, right? No. They sinned, they went in the corner and hid, and God came to them. God pursuing man. And even in Cain and Abel, even in Noah, all those stories, God pursuing man. And we finally got to the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the middle of March um, 2008. And uh, Raphael... Um, I told you I was going to tell you about him. Raphael's right there. He has the book of Genesis in his hand. He's now reading um, the book of Genesis. And uh, I really wanted him to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but I thought, how in the world is this guy ever going to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ? He is the village chief. He's the head of the initiation house. We call it the spirit house in, in the village. Um, that's where uh, the, guy, the boys go in, get the initiation process. They're taught um, all kinds of crazy things in their culture. Um, it's not a good place. But he was head of that house. That's also the house where all the spirits live and uh, all the spirits uh, heal sick people. That's what Raphael was a part of. And I thought, how in the world is this guy ever going to place his faith and trust in Jesus Christ? He's got too much garbage in his head to be able to clean out of there. <laughs> but guess what? There's God's Word in His own language, and there's a Holy Spirit. So that day, um, that morning, we read the, the story from the Word of God. We taught the story, and we did a drama, a skit on that story, um, where Jesus hung on the cross and His blood was shed. And uh, after, that, after that teaching was done, um, people didn't say a word. They just walked out. 
hands behind their hand, uh, back like this and just walked out with their heads down. But Raphael, he stayed. A couple others stayed, but he stayed back there in the back on the left. And I said, hey, Brian, I'm going to go see what Pops got out of this lesson. And I walked back there and I said, Pops, what do you think? He smiled and said, Mark, I got it. I said, you got what? He said, Mark, I got it. I mean, I, th this was so good. I got it. It was so clear. I got it. I said, tell me. Tell me about it. He said, listen. He, start, he stands up. He's, he's an animated dude. He stands up. He starts teaching. He says, listen, Mark. He said, in the Holy of Holies, remember the tabernacle when they had the Holy of Holies? And the priests would clean themselves and put bells on. And then on, behind the bells, they put a rope on. Because if they went inside the Holy of Holies behind that curtain and they had sin in their life, bang. They would die. And so the other priests would stop hearing the bells and then they'd pull them out because they died. You remember that, Mark? I'm like, yeah, we were the ones that taught you that. <laughs> he said, listen, he said, today, he said, when I saw that curtain, you, and when Jesus Christ was on the cross, and he said, it is finished. And that curtain of the Holy of Holies was ripped from the top to the bottom. Not the bottom to the top, because man could have done that. But it was top to the bottom, and God did that. He said, me, Raphael Bowick, today, walked inside of the Holy of Holies. I said, Pops, you got it. He said, listen, Mark, not because of anything I have done or anything I've stopped doing, because I haven't. I placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I said, Pops, you got it. You definitely got it. How in the world could any farm boy from Michigan talk him into that? He couldn't. But the word of God was translated into his language, and he got it. The Holy Spirit worked inside his life, and he got it. But can I tell you, can I remind you that 2,000 languages in this world do not know who he is. 2,000 languages are still like the Baguido people today. Back in 2007, it was 201. <laughs> now it's 2,000. You would think, wow, we've got so much technology. We've got phones. We've got computers. We've got everything. Like, can't we translate the word of God? Guys, some of us who know who God is has to go. You're like, Mark, you want us all to be missionaries, all to be pastors? No, that won't happen. I mean, it says in the, in the Word of God, yeah, the, the harvest is white unto harvest, but the, the uh, labors are few. That's God's Word. It'll always be that way. But still, we have a job to do. We have a job to do. We have to go do it as God's. And he, the amazing thing is, I mean, we, so many times, I'm in the jungle. I'm walking on the trail behind this guy. We're going to go cut a canoe together. I mean, he's going to cut the canoe, right? I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't raised there. <laughs> so many times we'd be out in the jungle, and he'd be resting, and I'd say, hey, give me your axe, and I'd start um, carving some stuff out of the, out of the uh, canoe, and he'd be like, Mark, you're ruining my canoe. Give me my axe back. Um, <clears throat> but so many times I'd pinch myself. We'd pinch ourselves as a family like, wow, we get to do this. God, you're amazing. You're almighty, and we get to do this. We get to be involved. How in the world... Um, yeah, just exciting, exciting stuff. Um, so, uh, in 2008, many of those people placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So, that's the end, right? Like, pack it up, come home. Kids, we're going home, right? Mm, not so much. Like, we, uh, we kind of compare planting churches in a tribal context to raising kids. So... Um, mama has a baby, and that's it, right? Like, all the work's done, right? Uh, no, not so much. That kid's got to be fed. He's got to be taken care of. He's, I mean, when he's firstborn, she's firstborn, you have to do everything for them. 
and then they get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and then they get into junior high, and they're telling you, hey, Dad, don't worry, I got this. Just get out of my way, right? Well, that's kind of what the tribal church um, works at, too. Um, we feel like how many years ago, they're like, hey, hey, we got pastors and deacons here, we got this. But all the years of teaching, training, um, doing life on life with them, uh, you, can't, you, you can't just, uh, yeah, share the gospel and then be gone. You have to stay and train them. Train deacons. Train uh, elders um, for the church there. So now we see that uh, the Mariama church is kind of like in a college age. Like they're, they got it. They got it going on. They can, they can feed themselves. They can take care of themselves. But every once in a while you get a call, right? Hey, uh, Dad, um, can you come help me with this? Well, two or three years ago, the, we uh, went in and visited the Mariama church. And they said, hey, listen, um, we, uh, we, need, we need a school in here. Like, the, the government sends us teachers, but the teachers don't stay. Um, the teachers are like, you know, they've come from Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, they don't live a very good life either. Like, how, how can we change this? What can we do about that? And um, we said, well, listen, what about if we help you out and we somehow find some Christian teachers from Papua New Guinea that love the Lord and want to come in here and teach your kids and um, teach the Bible as well, like a, a, a private Christian school. And they said, that's a great idea. Well, just in January, I went over and I took two teachers from the city into the middle of nowhere, and they're in there now teaching 80 kids. Um, and I said to them, hey, listen, so we hired you. Um, we'll pay you. The government's not, um, won't pay you, but we'll pay you. Um, but I left them and said, hey, listen, you guys are, are believers. You guys know and understand how this works. Um, we don't make enough money to pay you, so we'll see how the Lord provides for that. So um, that's where we're at in the uh, private school, and that's where we're at in the, in the Mariama Church. So excited. So what are we doing now? Well, uh, as Andy said, we just love being um, the mouthpiece of the unreached. Like, how in the world are they ever going to get... Um, there, the message out that there are still 2,000 people who don't know who God is and won't know who God is unless we go tell them. Um, so we um, travel around uh, uh, sharing, but we also are a part of a uh, summer program called Interface, as he said. And uh, so we try to get 25 to 30 students all over America, Canada, Australia, um, New Zealand, Germany um, are the places that come. And uh, we try to fill that summer program. And we uh, work with those students for five weeks trying to um, give them an overview of what it looks like to plant a church in a tribal context. Yes, it is in Papua New Guinea, but we don't really care where they go. Um, and we don't really want all of them to go. Like some of them come over and say, wow, that is awesome, but that's not for me. Um, I'll support a missionary, but that's not for me. And so we like to see that too. So we're excited about that. We go back in, um, in June and we'll do that again this summer. Let's... Uh, <clears throat> Let's open up to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. I'd say open your Bibles, but everybody's on the phones these days, so scroll down to Revelation chapter 19. And when you get there, let's stand and let's uh, read God's Word um, this morning standing. Revelation 19, verses 6 <clears throat> down to 8. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! 
For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that we have the word of God in our language. Lord, help us um, to feel that responsibility to use it, to use it to impact others um, around us. God, um, yeah, (laughs) thank you for making us your kids, and thank you for keeping us as your kids. We love you, and uh, may your Holy Spirit work inside of our lives this morning as we study your word together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. may be seated. As believers in Christ, as believers in His death, burial, and resurrection, as Christians, our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now I'm going to talk to you all as believers this morning, um, hoping that you all have uh, placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you have not, I would love to talk to you afterwards, but I'm going to talk to you as believers this morning. I'm going to talk to you as part of the Bride of Christ. Is it not amazing that we are a part of the Christ, part of the Bride of Christ? We get to be his bride. He's the groom, we're the bride. Now I want to ask you, I'm going to ask you this a couple times this morning. I want to ask you this. We are his bride. We know that. But let me ask you this. Do the nations know about that? Do your neighbors know about that? Do your kids know about that? I heard of somebody just the other day um, said, hey, uh, in Tennessee, what church you guys go to? Well, here's what we do. Um, it's just a season of life. Sorry, I don't mean to offend you, but I'm going to put it out this morning. We just drop our kids off at church and we go out for coffee. Excuse me? (laughs) We get, dads, I'm going to talk to us this morning, we get the chance to disciple our kids. We only get one shot at it. We are the bride of Christ. Do your boys know? Do your kids know? Verse 6, the Lord God, the Almighty, reigns. Our tribal people say, He was, He has no beginning, no middle, no end. He always was. That's who our God is. He is the Almighty God. He is the only one. He is the uh, Almighty, meaning the Omnipotent One, the All-Ruling One, the Sovereign One. Now, when I was these kids' age, I would would hear uh, sovereign, that word sovereign, and I'd be like, okay, well, what does sovereign mean? Sovereign is simple, right? He is a God. He is the God who does anything He wants, however He wants to do it, with whoever He wants to do it with, whenever He wants to do it. That's a sovereign God. That's the all-ruling God that we worship. He's the, he's the Trinity, the Elohim, the three-in-one. And as the Almighty, He's the Creator. I mean, you think about how the God of this universe created everything in six days. And He didn't mess up on anything. That's the Almighty we serve. The Almighty also as our Lamb. Remember in John the Baptist? John, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's coming right there. That's our Lamb. Give Him glory and Him alone, verse 7 says. The marriage of the Lamb has come. Um, He has done all the work. We don't have to do any more work. Like He's done all the work for us. 1 Peter um, 1, is it 18 and 19? Talking about his precious blood. I mean, blood, blood was a big thing in Mariama. 
But when they saw that Jesus Christ died on the cross and His precious blood, the guy that didn't do anything wrong, His precious blood was bled out for them. That's no little thing. That's a big thing. He's done the work for us. Do we understand that this morning? Romans 3.25 uh, says, Jesus Christ, my sacrifice for my sin. We had a little um, issue with that in the beginning in Mariama. We'd ask um, how they got the story. And unlike Raphael, some would say, oh yeah, well, yeah, God came for our sins. When you get saved, you realize that he's my sacrifice for my sin. I'm the dirty one and he's done the work for me. Romans 5, 9 says, I have been justified by what? By his blood. He's done the work for us. And not only that, is he lived on this earth, but he went away and then he sent us the Holy Spirit as the seal. The work's all there. The work's all done. We're the bride of Christ. Now I'm going to ask you again. The work's all done. Do the nations know about it? Do your neighbors know about it? Do your kids know about it? Here's my favorite part. And his bride has made herself ready. That's reflexive there. That's talking about she's made herself ready. Don't get me wrong. He, has, he came down. He did the work. And then in John uh, chapter 14, verse uh, 2 and 3, he, he went off. He went to prepare a place for us. Just like the Hebrew um, uh, groom would find a bride, he would betroth that bride like Joseph and Mary. And then he'd be gone. He'd go away. and He'd, he'd uh, prepare a house or prepare a place for them. And she didn't know when he was coming back, but he was going to come back and get her and take her to that place. Jesus Christ has done all the work and He's gone. He's preparing. We don't know when He's coming back. He's coming back to get us. He's done the work, but guess what? The reflexive is the groom is gone preparing a place and she is getting herself ready. How are we doing on that this morning? How, how am I doing with that? Am I in love with Jesus Christ? Or I, am I in love with the things of this ground? Man, I'm telling you, America is a great place. I mean, we've got loads of luxuries. And I can think in my mind that, wow, this is a pretty good place. And I can think in my mind that I'm a citizen here. Guys, we are not citizens here. If I'm a believer, if I'm God's kid, I'm a citizen up there. Do my kids know about it? Am I pursuing Christ? Am I getting this word is in my language? I'm preaching to me. Do I get into this thing every day? This is my food. This is His love letter to me. Am I getting into it every day? So, she's preparing herself. The bride is preparing herself. Are we ready? That's number one. Number two, do the people around us know it? Are we being intentional with our love for Christ? Are, are we being intentional with our actions? Are we being intentional as we go to work every day? Verse 8, It was granted her to clothe herself with white linen. The fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Guys, <laughs> he's left us down here as his bride, and we get to prepare ourselves and prepare this big body of believers, his kids. How are we doing with it? I feel like sometimes I just put it in neutral and like, oh yeah, it's okay. I'm not being very intentional. Paul felt this. 
Um, and I feel like Paul was the kind of guy who said, wait a minute, guys, listen to the Corinthians. You guys listen. There, do you guys know this? There are two things that last forever, you Corinthians. The Word of God and souls of men. Corinthians, how are you using the Word of God to impact people? How are you doing that? And you're, you're sitting back saying, well, Mark, you're trying to say that all of us should be missionaries and pastors. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. As a doctor, as a lawyer, as a school teacher, as an IT person, are we using the Word of God to impact the people around us? We get to do that. We get to be intentional about that. Are we doing it? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11, um, 1 through 4, I promise you, the Corinthian church, as a pure bride to one husband, Christ. I was talking to a guy um, the other day, and I said, hey, listen, so how do you stay, how do you stay, like, out of the world's things? Like, there's so many things for the, you're a single dude. There's so many things that the world offers. Like, go here, go here. Um, how do you stay out of those things? And he said, Mark, this is going to sound cliche-ish, but I truly mean it. It's my focus on one thing. It's my focus on Christ. Are there other things coming in? Other things distracting you? Other things, other good things. They're not all bad things. Good things distracting us. Um, Francis Chan wrote this book, um, You and Me Forever. He and, his, he and his wife wrote it, You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity. And Francis said, listen, this is kind of a weird deal, but I want Lisa, it's my job to show Lisa from the Bible that we are heading into eternity so that when she gets there and she's sitting down at the marriage supper of the Lamb, she's not like, hey, 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 what's going on? What's going on? I don't understand what's going on. She knows who her Jesus is. She's been focusing on her Jesus. Are we teaching our wives and our family about eternity? It's a huge responsibility. Don't get me wrong. It's a massive responsibility. And it's on all of us. It's not just pastors and missionaries. It's on all of us. Um, and there is going to be a presentation. Chapter 21, the chapter of the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, a presentation is going to happen. It said, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So here it is, guys. Let's take it right down to apply to us right here today. As men, as God's kids, men and women, we are church planners. We're all church planners. You say, Mark, you're the only church planner. No, 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 no. We're all church planners. You know how I know that? Because God has given me, the elder of my family, my wife, who is kind of like a deacon, and our four congregation. You know what I'm saying? So I'm asking you, in your family, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with pursuing your wife? Um, I was in college with a girl, and... Um, and uh, she played volleyball, and, and uh, her parents got a divorce. And I said, oh, man, I'm so glad that now you're 21 years old, you can handle their divorce. And she's like, well, Mar what? What are you talking about, Mark? She said, when Dad chose to divorce my wife, that hits me to the core at 21 just like it would at 2. Ooh. Heads of the family. Men, are we pursuing our wives? Are you spending time with your kids? I mean... Are you spending time with your kids with, without your phone? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Like, sorry, we come back from being in the, in the jungle for a long time and things in America hit us, like bam, right there. And phones just hit us. Well, guess what? I'm into it now. And Bryce and Brock will say, Dan, put your phone down. I want to talk to you. 
Okay. How's that going? Do my kids know who God is? Are my kids seeing God through me? We have to be intentional about this. We can't just drop them off to church and let, them, let the youth leader take care of it. We have to open up this word of God and teach them. In our, that, that's what God wants. He wants us to be intentional. Is your son, does your son realize that he's getting married and his wife is to make him holy, not happy? I mean, maybe it's to be happy. Maybe that'll happen, but it's the holy part first. Do our boys know about that? The world is not telling them that. The world is saying, oh, you marry this girl and she is going to make you happy. That's not really how God designed it. My wife is to make me holy. And then hopefully happiness will come. Do our kids know that? We are uh, a part of preparing his bride. How's that going in your family? How's that going as you work side by side with people? How's that going with unity in the local church? How's that going with unity right here? Guys, we have to work for this. This doesn't just happen. We can't just put it in neutral and these things will happen. We have to be intentional about these things. How's that going for us as we rub shoulders with people in our day-to-day lives? And then some of you guys are thinking, well, I'm older. I'm, I'm 60. It, or older. I'm saying 60 because that means you're older than me. Um, I, I'm 60. It really doesn't matter to me. I can just put um, things in neutral. Can I remind you, there are not a lot of older guys, older gals finishing well. It matters how you finish. I'm watching you. There are 50-year-old men, 50-year-old women that are watching how you, do, how you do life ahead of us. You're just a stage ahead of us. We're watching you. It matters. It matters that you stay in the Word of God. Don't live off the years before. It matters that tomorrow is Monday and you choose to get in the Word of God. It matters that you've been with that woman for four years and you continue to pursue her. It matters. There are men that have been believers for a long time and they are choosing not to pursue their wives. They are choosing to go off the other way. Guys, please, gals, please finish well for us. Plenty finish well because you are a part of preparing the bride. You guys, as you go to school, you're a part of preparing the bride as you ready yourself, as you talk to people around you. How you play on sports teams or how you carry yourself, you're a part of readying the bride. I got to close, but I'll close with this. What a privilege the creator of this universe has given us. Think about that. Think about this privilege. To join him, he's done the work, but we're joining him in preparing this bride. That's massive. He has done the work by sending his one and only son. But do the nations know about it? Does your family know about it? He is coming back, and the bride will be presented. Are you ready? God, thanks for again for loving us. Thank you for doing all the work. Thank you for sending your son. Lord, help us. Give us boldness to share it with others. Give us boldness when we um, are too tired. Give us boldness when we don't want to finish well. God, help us. Help us to finish well. God, as the ushers come forward, Lord, you have given us resources. Um, Thank you for 
giving these resources that we can that you've given us and we again just get to look to you and say <laughs> thanks god thanks for blessing me thanks for taking care of me thanks for keeping me in your spiritual family and thanks for um, just all that you've done lord give us wisdom uh, with the resources you give us in your son's name we pray amen